2: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Mackers. together and loving it. TNCs apply.
3: Good morning and welcome to Trots Live. It's been a busy old morning, let me tell you. Uh, a couple of hours ago, a little more than two hours ago, an announcement was made on Giddy Up with Gareth Hall. I was there. And we have a new sponsor for the Inter Dominion series, which returns to Victorian soil for the first time in four years. Um, very soon, as a matter of fact. So uh, watch out for it. And that new sponsor is Would You Believe Drumroll SEN Track? He's going to sponsor the Inter Dominion series. And to talk more about it, our news hound on the line with our regular Thursday morning segment now on Trot's Life, Tim O'Connor, TikTok. How are you this morning, my friend?
4: Hey, mate. Good to be up and about. I wasn't... Well, I was up and about as early as you, but I wasn't in studio. How's your body functioning after getting up that early to uh, deliver that sort of news at 9am this uh, morning? I
3: wouldn't say, wouldn't say I'm feeling amazing, um, <laughs> but I decided to leave a lot of form uh, <laughs> yeah. to do as well. So now I'm just absolutely under the bat about oh, 1,400 from home. Generally more than a lap respond. out. More than a lap out. Uh, generally... Re- <laughs> <laughs>
4: under under <laughs>
3: The only thing is i I have been uh, at my age you get swab pre and post race every single time you go around now, so uh yeah no i i was uh, the stewards have caught up with me and just said uh is he right to race um, and uh, my trainer said, yes, I know he appears lame but he's actually he can uh, he can still do the required job um let's talk about this uh this big announcement we've um I sort of spoke uh, to Gareth all about the fact that we've gone through a a Bachelor-type situation, um, courting potential sponsors, but uh, mm. it's actually wonderful news for, for you and I and others that work at SEN Track as well. It feels like um, your uncle's sponsoring your own bar mitzvah or something here. It's, it's quite wonderful to have SEN yeah, Track on board to uh, sponsor the Inter-Dominion
5: Series this year.
4: Yeah, it's fantastic. I heard you this morning by talking to Gareth about it. Um and you put it really well. I, I was I mean, sponsorship announcements, let's be honest, generally speaking, uh, you don't get that excited about them unless you're probably involved in them in some way. So, I was like you, I was quite excited by it, uh, obviously having a a tiny uh, hand in doing some things with Sen Track. But but I think what you said this morning that the fact that it's a progressive uh, business and uh, you know, it, it's it's taking it to the new age. It feels like there's a lot of opportunity and scope for some fun things to happen with Essien Track as a naming rights sponsor for the Inter Dominion. That's what I'm most excited about. So um, I'm not not sure what what what's in store. I guess from from Essien Track, but uh, what I I'm confident that it'll be exciting, fun, and will bring a, a real energy to the series, which kicks off on November 26.
3: Well, what you do know, and again, this isn't. Um... No one's ever accused me of being a sycophant, so that's not, that's not the uh, the genesis or the, the reason that I'm saying this stuff. But you know that Hutchie and uh, Sam Thompson and Jules Bayard and, the, and and all the team are going to be sitting around spitballing ideas, and then those ideas are going to go to Rainmaker and, and the team that we've worked with there, and they're going to be excited about trying to do the innovative things, which we want to do anyway if you know what I mean so everybody's going to be coming up with these ideas you know the broadcasting uh, experience at Geelong at Ballarat at Shepparton and of course at Tabcourt Park Melton is going to be first rate and not just now from a TV perspective but you know the radio is going to be amazing um the promotion that we're going to get here on SEN track which we already do get amazing promotion for all three codes but they they're now they are now invested in this inter Dominion series in the same way that harness racing Victoria are, which is 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 pretty amazing and we we love all of our sponsors. don't get me wrong, but um what you've said and what I said this morning it's about the fact that we know having been in here and 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 worked with these guys and knowing knowing how they operate that it it really is an exciting thing on a number of levels the promotion that you can get when you're working with the broadcasting team like you get here at SEN Track, but also the fact that SEN Track is young and new and fresh and exciting, um, which is something that Harness Racing can leverage off hardcore going into this ID series.
4: That's spot on. That that last couple of sentences there from you, Bon, are really exactly what I was trying to get at. It's it's fun. SC and track and SEN Hutchie and the crew. They're progressive. You know that it's not just going to be the same old inter Dominion series. There's it? going to be fun things happen. Uh, the broadcasts are going to be first rate. There's going to be some different things. Um, I'm just going to throw this out there I don't know if it's going to happen but the SEN survivor concept of uh, of uh, people being able to tip try and tip the card and and back yeah. their way through a card I, I would assume that that would be brought up in conversation things like that I love so let's get so many people more in people involved and SEN track as you said already been a, a wonderful supporter of harness racing this is just going to take it to another level so uh Yes, it may to most people just be a you know another old sponsorship announcement. Uh, having worked in a newspaper, I probably wouldn't get as excited over <laughs> these things over the journey. But this one, I genuinely am. I was wrapped when I heard it yesterday. Um, you know, I was really excited uh, for a number of reasons. But I, I just think it's um, we're gonna we're gonna see the benefits uh, just with a progressive bunch of people there at SE and Track.
3: Yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be really really good. And I will tell you what, well done to everyone involved. Not that I. Um not that I am quite as committed to uh, living in the rumour mill of the rumour files as I once was, but I'm you, I didn't, I don't know about you, I didn't hear a whisper. That, that I didn't. Wh- whatever no. was going <laughs> on was going on behind closed doors, because uh, working at Harness Racing Victoria and SEN Track, I, I was absolutely none the wiser when I found out.
4: I uh, found out yesterday, late yesterday. Um I did threaten to uh, drop the news on uh, Wednesday night trackside with Damian Watson (laughs) last night at 6pm, would have been the only winner I backed all night, but um, no, so I I was the same, I, I was very surprised to hear it, but just as wrapped as well. So that's the big news off the top, J bon. That's the SCN – I gotta get you got to get used to this. The S C N track, Inter Dominion grand final for two thousand I can hear Dan Malecki's voice already calling it at Melton on December ten.
3: Yeah, it's going to be uh it's gonna be something special and uh, it, it is I, I know what you're saying about sponsorship announcements I'm a bit the same over the years but uh, this one is is really, really good that's now. Great. Before we go to uh, the first break here, and we've got some, um, some horse news we want to get to after the first break, particularly for um, this weekend's racing. We split it between Tabcourt Park Melton on Friday night and Beckley Park Geelong down there on Saturday night. But this one's really important. So Sunday week... We're going back to Maryborough for the Redwood Rattler or the Redwood Rattler Experience, hopefully for Redwood Day, which also includes the Victoria Trotters Derby. Now, this is one of the great experiences you can have in life if you love the trots and if you love the camaraderie of racing people. And I'm I'm talking to you, those people on the Twitterati. I'm talking to you, uh, lovers of Sen Track and trots life and everything we do here. So, explain what the Redwood Rattler is first of all, because we need to get bookings up fast to get it going. It is an experience... That you can't replicate, and not even you've experienced it yet. Talk.
4: No, well, I I know what well, I think I know what it is. Uh, I can explain what the, at least the concept is, and I might get you to speak to uh, actually how fun it is. So the, the the Redwood Rattler is a train. It will leave Southern Cross Station in Melbourne at around seven a.m. So uh, you have got to get up nice and early, but trust me, it'll be worth it. So seven a.m. at Southern Cross Station, it'll head through all the way to Maryborough. It'll stop at Bacchus Marsh, Melton, and Ballarat en route. I'm going to jump on at Ballarat, no doubt about it and it uh, the tickets are $130. You might think uh, that's a bit steep but I'll tell you what you, this is what you get. You get the return rail fare so if you're going from Melbourne to Maryborough and then all the way back again and uh, you, you'll get that covered. You'll also get the track entry to the Maryborough races on Sunday. A two course a two-course roast lunch, a race book, a stubby holder, a $20 punters club ticket. Oh, I'm pretty sure that Darren Carroll is running the punters club and from what I've seen he does not lose uh, and also a, draw, a ticket in the draw for a gold nugget. So, um, look, it's a pretty bloody good deal. I'm very excited to be going on it for the first time. It hasn't been run since 2019, but I guess we won't sugarcoat it, but I think it's, we need to get it out there that it's quite urgent. I was speaking to Les Chapman, uh, the, who runs uh, the Maryborough Harness Racing Club, and, look, he, he needs some numbers, and he needs them fast. Uh, Sunday is really – or Sunday midnight is really when he needs to cut off because he needs to, to book this train, lock it in uh, for the following Sunday. So, um, look, we need, you know, roughly at least another 60 or 70 to make sure this gets up and going because it would be a horror shame if it if it didn't.
3: Oh, I'm I'm telling you, having I've been on the Redwood Rattler, I reckon, three times. Um, now, it, it is not for the faint-hearted. Uh, uh, we, I'm not going to sugarcoat this side of it. It is urgent, but I'll tell you what, it will be a brutal day for you. It is extraordinarily <laughs> fun, but you get up in the morning. You're um, the,
4: under the bat early? Under the bat under the
3: early, bat early I, I would suggest people don't go too hard because they are serving... They're serving drinks. There is a uh, there's a drinks bar there. Don't go too hard too soon, but simply to be able to hang around. But it's just like taking a, a massive party bus, in this case a party locomotive, all the way down to the races with all the people that you love hanging out with anyway or that you'd like to meet. I'm talking about there's going to be plenty of trotting type celebrities on there. There's even uh, members of the HRV executive that have taken it over the years. There's owners. There's breeders. And there's people so passionate about harness racing. And if you love a chat about the trots or a chat about racing, you will get every chat you've ever imagined between uh, Melbourne all the way to Maryborough and all the way back. Now, save yourself for the way back. I'll be jumping on on the way back. And, again, you just want to make sure you're not absolutely at the end of your tether by the time you jump back on the train. And it comes all the way back. And you'll get back in the city around – I don't know, ten thirty at night or something like that, or maybe a little bit earlier, and that doesn't have to be the end either. But
4: and and I think I'll, uh, <laughs> I haven't told my wife yet, but I think I might even take it all the way back to Melbourne, and, and we'll get back to Ballarat some other way. But uh, I, I can't wait for it. I, I really, I really, really looking forward to it. As I said, it hasn't been run since two thousand and nineteen owing to, to many reasons which we all know about. But um. Yeah, I really can't wait for this. So just if there's if, if, if people that are thinking about it, and I know what it's like, and you're the same as me, but we leave these things to the last minute. We just can't. We need to lock it in now. If you're keen to go or been thinking about it or even just have heard about it for the first time today, jump on the trots.com.au website under the events space. Uh, it's the Alderbaran Park, Redwood Carnival, Tab, Redwood Rattler. So jump on board, $130. bucks. that will get you from Melbourne or anywhere along the way all the way to Maryborough. A great day at the There's a heap of food, drink, a Punters Club ticket, and a heap of fun. So get behind that.
3: Yep. And uh, again, I just want to reiterate, it is, it is amazing fun. And I, I can guarantee you, in my opinion, the only reason that the numbers aren't where they should be now, every year it was on they got the numbers early and fast because everyone who's ever been on the Redwood Rattler wants to go again. But it's only because of these last couple of years people have obviously forgotten yeah. about it and, and because of that pandemic situation, I think it's just out of sight, out of mind. We've told you once, we're going to keep telling you pretty much every day between now and where we need to get those numbers up on Sunday. I oh, will hit up, as will you, Talk Gareth, all and others to spread the word because you know what, what would be so good is to have... Not only the regulars who we enjoy the company of, but, you know, 20 or 30 uh, SEN track family members yeah. who listen in, who uh, who want to come for the ride. Because I'm telling you, uh, honestly, uh, I can't give you a money back guarantee. I won't do that. But I'll give you an absolute guarantee you'll have the time of your life. We're going to go for a break. Come back here on Trot's Life and then talk horses. Talk I'm ready jet. Um, talk Just Hope, talk Kowalski analysis and much, much more when we return from this first break on the Thursday edition of Trot's Life right here on SE. He wasn't yesterday, the Wombat, Toby McKinnon, and he'll be back next Thursday, but not today. Today, a uh, brand-new segment. Well, it's been around for a few weeks now, but Tim O'Connor, New Sound at Harness Racing Victoria, joining me to uh, to update the world on a number of things we've already touched on. Uh, everybody should know now that SCN Track have signed on as uh, naming sponsorship partners for the Inter Dominion Series later in the year here in Victoria. We desperately need people to sign up to be on the Redwood Rattler. Um, just quickly talk. Uh, this is a question without notice, but c- can we give? Uh, c- can we make it easier on people? How how do, how do they actually do that?
4: How do they actually book? Yeah. Go to thetrots.com.au. I'll actually be putting up a a bit of a story on the homepage in the next hour. Um, But also, if you go to thetrots.com.au, there's uh, an events space there. I'm just looking at it here. So there's an events space, um, and it's under there, the Aldebaran Park tab, Redwood Rattler. So jump in there. It's on on the homepage. You'll find it. And if if you can't find it under the tabs, uh, I'll have a story up uh, shortly as well, with a link in that story. So, and we'll—I'll put it across um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, maybe even Instagram if I'm good enough. But uh, yeah, HIV social and website channels.
3: Yeah, I love—I uh, love a little link there. That always makes it easy for people, particularly people like me who can't find anything. So, uh, link it up in that story, and I'm sure that uh, the numbers some will skyrocket. Yeah, quickly. Right. Um, some horse news. You've spoken to Nathan Jack. Uh, bad news about Just Hope, but we. Sort of got the impression from his, um, uh, his demeanour on Victoria Cup night, of course, when Just Hope was scratched from the oaks, that it wasn't good news for her, and we know how much he loves Just Hope. But better news about a very, 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 very gifted trotting man named I'm Ready Jed, who returns to the racetrack for the True Roman Trotters Free For All this weekend.
4: Yeah, that's right. I I rang Nathan just to have a quick chat about I'm Ready Jet. That was the reason for the call. and uh, Just to get his thoughts about, because he's been, um, he won't mind me saying this, but I think he, well, he said to me, he's uh, told every man and their dog how good this horse is. He thinks uh, she's a star. I mean, sure, he is a star, but I think he thinks she can take him uh, all over the joint. And um, yeah, so he's really, really looking forward to partnering her on Friday night, as you said, in the the True Roman Trotters free-for-all. At uh, Melton, that's the last of the golden ticket races too, into the Inter Dominion heats, uh, which start in late November. But yeah, look, it, it wasn't a, it wasn't sort of a newsy type discussion with Nathan, but it was just a more of a, you know, how keen are you on this girl? And look, he couldn't be more bullish. He's driven dance craze to to many. She sorry he drove dance craze to many big wins, and um he's putting i'm ready jet above her uh probably I think he said equal you know she's as fast as dance craze, but a bit stronger and um yeah, he just absolutely loves her he's loved her two trials look there's bigger fish to fry for her going forward than the the race on Friday night at Melton. Uh, she's drawn barrier 7 two, which is a little bit sticky in a nice field. But, um, yeah, maybe, I don't know, maybe we should start looking at, at some future bets with her. Just off, off the, the bullishness of Nathan, you know, the Inter-Dominions obviously I would think on her radar. And then the Great Southern Star, which she ran well in last year, that'll be up in February next year. So just a, a really positive report on I'm Ready Jet, Bon. I, I mean, we're all excited about Queen Elida and a number of others, but this one might be the one that we've been waiting for that might be about to trump them all.
3: Well, we know how good she is. Um, I must admit, I'm in love with Queen Elida at the moment as well. Uh, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll be great. It's amazing am to have a couple of mares at, right at the top of their game to take on the big boys. Uh, all the news we hear from a- across the Tasman talkers that if Bolt for Brilliance uh, comes here and a couple of others, but particularly Bolt for Brilliance for the Inter Dominion series, he'll literally toy with ours, and that creates. You know, I write. I think I even wrote in uh, in an article for the Herald Sun. Earlier in the week, I think the trotting, the Trans-Tasman trotting rivalries are going to be uh better than the pacing ones. Uh and and, and I think the mm-hmm. buildup might even be better. It's gonna take us a little while. Rock and roll dude's gotta get through the the um, the New Zealand Cup before we even know if he's contesting the Inter Dominion series. So arguably the horse that we now rate is the best going around may or may not be in the Inter Dominion. I don't think self-assured is going to be there. All of a sudden, in a weird way, this, um, this trotting into Dominion series might be more exciting than the bases.
4: I think you're right. Yeah, you make a really good point. Uh, look, uh, yeah, it's going to be fascinating. you got Olavici in this race. Uh, he has gone to a new level. He's been fantastic. Uh, look, don't forget Majestua. So There's just so many trotters out there that... Um, could win it. Good luck to any Kiwis coming over. I was probably of that opinion six months ago, Bon, and it probably took something you said just to say, I just kept putting all the Kiwis way above us for no real reason other than reputation and they come over here. Like I know that I just I've changed my opinion. So good luck to them coming over and beating this crop. I reckon our trotting uh, stars here are just superb. And, and just one we didn't touch on too. Obviously speaking to Nathan was Just Hope. You mentioned uh, his top filly. She was scratched before the Victoria Trotters Oaks with signs of lameness. It's not great news. Uh, she's had two screws put in. One in. Uh, each hind fetlock, Nathan tells me. So that's about probably going to rule her out for about six months away from the races. But look, he's hopeful and confident that she'll get back uh, back racing and she'll be fine. But uh, look, a significant layoff for Just Hope. She's already, uh, is she a one-time? She's maybe a two-time Group One winner. She's a, a real ripper. So hopefully, and fingers crossed, she gets back to her best soon.
3: Uh, Now, I haven't actually written up the form for Geelong Cup, not yet, but uh, the the most interesting runner of all virtually uh, is Kowalski Analysis: We know how highly he was rated at one point, uh, previously trained by Matty Craven, now with David Lewis. Have you got any news for us? Because he's only trialled once, I think, in preparation for his return to the races at Hamilton. He uh, ran second in that trial, but there's no vision that I can find of it. And I want to know... What price I'm marking in? Whether he's likely to win? Where are we at with Kowalski analysis?
4: Yeah, I had a quick chat to David. Uh, first time I've spoken to David, so um, nice to meet him. He's a lovely fella, and we had a bit of a chat about Kowalski analysis. So I didn't realise Bond that he actually owns Kowalski analysis. So yeah. I, I wondered how he got a hold uh, of the horse. Of course, Kowalski analysis uh, ran in the the first version of the Rising Sun from memory up in Queensland. So uh, a really talented horse, but this has been struggling of late. You would have seen that through the horse's recent runs. I mean, we haven't seen the horse run since uh, the 7th of May when running ninth at Melton. But basically, after the Queensland campaign, uh, there was some issues like a bug or a virus of some sort, and uh, they treated it with antibiotics, uh, David tells me, and that had some issues with the stomach uh, or Kowalski analysis. A stomach, So just a, a real uh, sort of messy situation. The horse uh, really struggled with that antibiotic treatment, I think, and just hasn't been able to get back to his best, as you would have seen in recent runs. So uh, Matty has given the horse back to David, who, as I said, owns the horse, and he's just working uh, this horse. He said uh, the sprint uh, of this horse is just phenomenal, but he was really uh, just being cautious on, on Saturday night at Geelong first. Off. He's not expecting much, to be fair. Um, he's says the horse has got a devastating sprint as quick as any horse he's ever driven. Uh, but he's just worried about that race pressure and, you know, potentially, you know, it's, it's, as we know, we've said it a million times, it's easy to, to, uh, trial and work well at home. But then when you get into a race and, and, and things heat up, it's different. So I wouldn't be, uh, expecting too much. I think they'll drift back from barrier seven bond and hope to come with one run and hit the line and, and hopefully can run really well. But, um, Bottom line is the sprints there still with uh, Kowalski analysis. we are just got to wait and see if the the ability under pressure is there as well. But great to see him back. He, he's a very nice horse. But let's just uh, hope he can uh, get back to winning ways soon. He hasn't won since uh, November 2020 at Hamilton. It's been a while out of the winter still.
3: So the, but the, the, the take-home point there is still that he feels like the horse is back on track.
4: Speed-wise, yeah. yes. Okay. Uh, just not um, not not sure about, you know, the gut buster or, or a race, a big race. But, look, if he sat – I got the feeling if he had a cold – I think it's only nine in the field, Bon or something. If he got – you know, if he sat three back the outside and they just went a bit hard up front, I get the feeling over 400, 500 metres, uh, he could zip past him. He, he was wrapped with his turn of foot, but just – he's not expecting much was his phrase. I'm not expecting much on Saturday night, so – um, I don't know how you're going to frame that or, or what, what's or how the tab's going to frame that it's an interesting one but um I wouldn't be getting I think he just wants to see him get back to some some form well I'll be marking him
3: on top and around the two dollar20 mark and um I think that's going to be close to right because if he was if if he knew he was a hundred percent right kowalski analysis he'd be a dollar ten. Um. So yeah, I must admit, is. Is,
4: is the rivals? There's not a heap in there to to beat him. You don't think?
3: Well, the the, the rivals are Dad and Dave, uh, Vincenzino, who I've got a good, good opinion of, but drawn awkwardly. And then you've got uh, Rubens Plate, Ira Pull. They're all nice horses. Kowalski analysis you know, has got you know Group One ability. Um, but if they do go back, we know how hard it can be. Geelong is neither the most leader biased or the most um, you know the fairest track going around it's somewhere in between. But if he's, as you say, if they run it if they run it even half quickly enough and he can peel out and roll, I think he'll still beat them. But um, you might get a better yeah. price than you otherwise would due to the circumstances. It's been great having a chat talk and um, talking about the Redwood Rattler, which we need to get people for, the SEN track sponsorship, but also catching up on some of that horse news. That's crucial in this segment. So appreciate your time. We'll catch up. Talk soon. Thanks, mate. There's top. We're going to go to the news now, find out what's happening in the world. Back with the candy man, Gregory Roscoe Sugars. Hello and welcome back to Trot's Life, Thursday edition. Uh, We are going to be speaking with Greg Sugars in just a moment. He's not with us yet, I don't believe. But uh, I'm intrigued to ask him about, well, we might go to Geelong first and then Duck back to Tabcourt Park, Melton, and everywhere in between. Uh, a couple of big races at Beckley Park. My home for 30 years. What do I want, not Beckley Park, just Geelong. I didn't, I, I didn't live at Beckley Park for 30 years. But they've got the Hurrahs, their McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup at Group 3 level. And also the DevCon Properties Geelong Pacing Cup at Group 2 level. And he's on the line now. How are you, Candy Man?
1: Very well. Thanks, Jaybon.
3: Uh, let's talk about the Geelong Pacing Cup. First of all, it's an amazingly even field. But Triple Eight, I'm liking this profile. Third up from a break, two solid runs, only going to improve off them. And critically for a horse like him, shouldn't get too far out of his ground from there. Because the key with this horse, Bart, as you call him at home, you've got to be within striking distance, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you've got to be in that position without, you know... um Expelling too much energy early to get in, the, in that position. So, from the draw on paper, it, it looks pretty pretty favourable for him. And as you say, he's had two runs under his belt where he's he's been pretty well looked after, um, where he's lobbed in the run. So he, he's ready to go. Where,
3: where do you what do you think is going to happen in this race? Because I was looking at it initially before I looked at the markets and thought. Well, Mac will probably um, kick up for a period and then maybe Tango Tara, maybe Willie Go West, maybe Mac only second up from a long break, takes a trail. But the, the, the money and the support and the price for Mac Dan suggests to me he's likely to lead. I'm not sure it's going to make that much difference either way to your role. You, you probably, the only thing you don't want to end up, you just don't want to end up probably doing the work in the breeze outside anyone.
1: Yeah, that's about right. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they do to, with uh, with Mac Dan. Um, obviously, he's been he's proven a very good front runner and he's proven well and truly at this level, even racing at a higher level. So, um, yeah, if the camp are pretty confident with him, I would imagine they'd be pretty keen to hold the front because I reckon the horse is, uh, uh, you know, pretty spot on. So, uh, yeah, as far as where I end up in the run, I'm, you know, it's probably... Dictated uh, to by what a few of the other wider runners do and whether anyone makes mid race moves. So uh, we know that you know, I'm, I'm sort of uh, probably got my hands tied a little bit in that respect. But yeah, hopefully, from our point of view, we um, we end up in a favourable position.
3: I uh, I did message you a better half a couple of days ago and said this would be a, a special win, wouldn't it, with Mel Park Major, the great Donnie, winning four, uh, just as old man Alan Tubbs. In 2013, and she said, um, we tried to do that in the Vic Cup. That's where we were trying to do it. Um, This might be half a step down. And I said, the Geelong Cup is not a step down, Jess. This is the race everyone wants to win because this is where I come from.
1: That's right. Yeah, no, it's it's one of the better country cups, obviously, in the Victorian calendar. So, yeah, we'll be doing our best to win it. And we'll be uh, very proud if we are there uh, holding the cup up, that's for sure.
3: Now, you must have been absolutely thrilled, not... Not at the fact that you didn't win the race, but how well one overall went first up from a break. It was just a phenomenally good run. I'm not going to put you under further yeah, pressure. Yeah,
1: um, as you know, I touched on uh, a couple of weeks ago um, in an interview with you that I rate the horse very highly, um, but it's just, you know, he his sort of ring craft lets him down and his racetrack manners can sort of be in his undoing, but he's certainly got his fair share of ability, so it was, yeah, extremely pleasing to see that um, yeah, one, he behaved himself pretty well and sat in there good and you know, showed his ability late. So with that run under his belt, he should be improved upon um, as far as fitness goes. And yeah, it'd be, uh, as long as his uh, A-grade manners are there on um, Saturday night, then you'd think yeah, he'd have to be a really red-hot chance again.
3: Do you reckon he can step even better here now that he's um, he's gone back to the stand there? Because quite often, if they haven't been there for a little while, we know that... Uh, well, my opinion is the mobile racing makes it harder to step from the strands because you're trying to fire them up off the gate. Now that he's been there first up from a break, are you confident he'll step well on Saturday night?
1: Yeah, I think so. And probably being out wide too will help um, get a bit of a walk up at it and go. So... Um, yeah, I think that having the benefit of that run will really help him a lot because previously his uh, stand-start manners have been, you know, very good, um, especially back in, back in New Zealand. So yeah, hopefully that run of his body will will uh, begin a lot better.
3: Now we might just duck back to Friday night for a moment, uh, where the racing is at Tabcourt Park, Melton, and there's feature racing there as well. Exactly how naturally gifted, he's naturally gifted who goes around in the Tatlow Stakes for the baby boys.
1: Yeah, very nice horse. Um, very happy to have him in, in our camp. Um, he's only been here a bit over a week now, so we're still sort of getting to know him a bit. But um, he's obviously performed very well right throughout this season up in Sydney and uh, and raced you know in all the all the nice races up there. So very talented horse. Um, draws probably a bit tricky for him, um, so he's going to need a bit of uh, good fortune somewhere in the run to say he's a winning chance in this. But I think ability wise, he's um, he's probably as good as anything in the race.
3: Uh, Do we chance her arm with moments like these? Uh, I think we were both happier than we were expecting to be with her first up run, Um, but she is against the heavy hitters off the second row again. Do you have a little lash and say, we'll try and get across and then wait for one of the good ones to come and um, take over from us? Or do you think to yourself, no, that was actually a confidence builder last start. We're not going to do anything silly. We'll, We'll go back and if we can chase them home and run into the top five or six, we'll be happy.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably more the more likely scenario there. Um, yeah, she's shown plenty of times in the past that she can run the gate, but she's probably a little bit vulnerable when she does that. So, yeah, against these um, superstars off the back, um, even though if we uh, lose our advantage and end up behind them, it's obviously going to be hard to, to compete um, with them. But I think she races best doing as little as possible early. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going into the race with that sort of mentality, thinking that, yeah, if we... Look after her early. She's uh, a better chance of finishing off strong late.
3: And uh, I don't know how much you've chatted with Chris Lang about Ultimate Stride. It wasn't that long ago where we thought to ourselves, gee, he might be the next big thing. And then another next big thing came up. And then another next big thing. And then another one. Queen Lider and Olavici and all the rest of it. And Ultimate Stride sort of felt felt like he's been left behind a little bit. But on ability, we know he's... He's probably as good as any of them. Where is he at, according to Christie Have you had a good chat in the lead-up to the true Roman uh, trotters free-for-all on Friday night?
1: No, unfortunately, I haven't. But, yeah, you're spot on there that it um, yeah, wasn't that long ago. Yeah, he, he did look like he's going to be one of the better ones around. And, yeah, whether he's just lost his way a little bit in recent times, I, I'm not really 100% sure, so I can't shed a lot of light on that. But, um, yeah, we know if he uh, does produce his A game, he's uh, well and truly up to a race like this, but... Yeah, I'm not not 100% sure whether he is um, where he needs to be at this point
3: in time. Now, we might as well, because we haven't got a tipster on today, uh, very quickly go through today's runners at Cranbourne, and you just give me a yes, no, or a maybe, because I keep forgetting to put my tube in for the uh, Harness Charity Challenge, so I need a winner somewhere along the line. Uh, Race one, Mr. Walker, yes, no, maybe. Uh, Maybe.
1: I can't tell you much about it until I see Jeff uh, when I get there today.
3: Uh, race two, you should know more about this one, Rio Rock, yes, no, or maybe?
1: Uh, yes, um, ready to go.
3: At, is that a double yes or a one yes?
1: That uh, it's just a one yes. Uh,
3: I'm, I'm sure you can't tell me a hell, hell of a lot about it. Have you met it either in race three?
1: Uh, no, but I give it a really good chance. So that's a yes as well. I trialled against it, uh, last week where I drove, actually drove Matriarch for David Miles, which came out and won um well the other day so good form line for it um it won it won the trial beating matriarch so yeah give it a massive chance today
3: all right that's one tuck and one no tuck lupe that's two yeses and one maybe so far race four this might be a no you reckon i'm sweet
1: uh yeah i'll go no
3: all right we've got well we got two yeses and maybe and a no race five pretty easy for stone cold steve austin
1: yeah, have, unfortunately, I have to say no again. Uh, maybe a minor place chance. Do that
3: 550, and the, what I'm looking at right now might might be a bit short then. Um, race six,
2: Groom.
1: Groom. Uh, it's a maybe. Uh, yeah, funny horse to follow. When it puts it all together, goes really nicely. But, again, he's a bit like one overall. His racetrack manners can let him down at times. So, yeah, definite maybe.
3: Uh, definitely, maybe it's we're going Oasis now. Definitely, mate. all right. Race seven, no win, no worries. First up from a break for Jamie Madruga. Uh,
1: I probably no first up, um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me to see it bob up in the near future.
3: And I'll tell you one thing: I haven't looked at. I'm not looking at the um, the tab prices. I'm just looking at the uh, Harness Racing uh, 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 Harness Fields here on on the Harness Racing website, the dot com dot uh, harness dot But Holy Stars. There's got to be some sort of hope, doesn't it? Is this more, is this a yes slash maybe, or is this too, too hard? Is there a couple in here like repelling and that that might be too good?
6: Um,
1: yeah, I'd have to put it down as a maybe, but, yeah, slightly leaning towards the yes side of the maybe. Um, she was very good last time uh, around, but she's a sort of dour man. Um, so, yeah, if she doesn't find the front, which I don't think she will today, um, sometimes, yeah, the, driving them to their strengths can set the race up for someone else.
3: And my, the final question is, if you could only, you were very good with Just Believe um, on Victoria Cup night in the Bill Cullen Sprint, uh, making him the best of your chances, if it was between one overall and Triple Eight winning, one of the two big races at Beckley Park on Saturday night, which one would you lean with?
7: Four. Oh, <laughs> tough one. Um... <laughs>
3: Be careful. They can
1: both let you down for different reasons, but uh, I'll maybe stick with the trotter. I was, I was very impressed with what he did, so really hoping that he uh, produces those uh, A-grade manners um, on Saturday night. And yeah, I'll go with him.
3: Very much appreciate your time, Candyman. Safe driving. Thank you. There he is, Greg Sugar. is one, uh, one of the absolute superstars of the sport here in Victoria and Australia-wide. If you didn't get some information there, I mean, I can't do any more for you. We've got yes, nos, and maybes for cramping today we've learned a little bit about one overall about triple eight and about those runners on friday night so um, do with that information as you please but you've been well informed time for another break on trots life back in a moment
5: you're listening to thursday trots life with jason bonnington and toby mckinnon
3: Hello and welcome back to Trot's Life. Hopefully you're enjoying wherever you are. It's going to be a beautiful day in Melbourne. 22 degrees, I'm told. I'll give you some tips. Qu- um, there's only a short segment here. I'll give you my early thoughts for Geelong, but I'm just looking up this. Um, you know when you go on Twitter and, it, and there's trending items, but you had no idea what that they were trending? There's, there's like a line about everything you need to know about the James Corden drama. And I was like, I, don't, I didn't know there was any drama around James Corden. But apparently he's a tiny cretin of a man. Ricky Gervais has been trying to tell us that for a fair while, I think so. He does seem like a bit of a cretin to me as well. So, But I'll, I'll learn about that drama soon. Here's some tips for Geelong Cup night. Um, we'll be going through the Friday form panel. I haven't yet decided. Uh might contact Dan Malecki a little bit later on today whether the Friday form panel is entirely dedicated to Geelong or whether we mix and match the Melton races tomorrow night. with. Those at Beckley Park on Saturday night. But here's some initial thoughts. So, race one is very tough. But Kendy's Butterfly, drawn the pole, I think will be very hard to beat. I think it's going to be my on-top selection in the first event on the card, race two. Um, big fella we know, Tim O'Connor and others, are involved in the ownership of a horse now with Emma Stewart called Where's the Gold? It should be winning. I've marked it. Relatively short odds, but I'm more than prepared that it might start a lot shorter than I've marked it. So I'll mark it Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's even shorter. Major, major, the major danger. So that again, major, major, the major danger. Not bad, that. Um, but where's the gold? Looks the one to beat. Hugo Maguire, a former Kiwi, now with Brent Lilly, uh, in the ownership of John Wilkinson and others. They've got an amazing record, haven't they, of bringing these horses over from New Zealand. And I've watched a couple of the replays from Hugo Maguire and he's two runs his campaign across the Tasman. He's good. He's really good. He'll be winning a lot better races than this. Um, he'll be, he will be $1.10, $20, $30 a maximum. Hugo Maguire, and he'll be winning uh, the Bowen Facilities Maintenance two-year-old pace. Uh, Lang Trot final is going to be a great race. Chris Lang, isn't he flying, Chris Lang? Um he was almost going to uh, uh, post-comeback. It took a little bit of time, but he's a genius. And uh, Rogue Gentleman looks the one to beat there. Alderbar and Misty, the hardest to beat. I thought tripod had a hope, but it's been removed. Um, next best, maybe Captain McCraw. You'd throw Carnera in the mix, maybe. But I think Rogue Gentleman to beat Alderbar and Misty looks the way to go there. First leg of the quaddy. Uh, the McNamara Memorial Trotters Cup, which is basically the Geelong Trotters Cup. I'm with the uh, the great Gregory Schnuckers. I think this horse, one overall, is – I think when he's on the job and his mind's on the job and he's in the mood, he's got the capacity to be right up there at the top of the tree, one overall. So I've got him on top comfortably over uh, Hopeful Beauty and and Baltica. I, I love Baltica, and she's very, very good, but I wonder whether one overall – when he's in the mood, might not be something uh, a bit unique. Race 6, Yebby Dam, Farms Trot, tough race. But just watch Interview Race. uh spoke to Duncan McPherson earlier in the week about the proliferation of European bred trotters in this part of the world. Interview is just a classic European trotter. Is so strong, um, unbelievable gait, strange-looking horse sort of Rolls his head down, and he's got a, these big shoulders, and he looks powerful. He can do things wrong interview, but when he when he feels like it, um, he's Andrew Denton. He's very good in interview. He'll be winning race six, race seven, Geelong pacing, cut the big one. I'm with Triple Eight, but gee, there are so many winning chances here. Max delight from a better trailing draw. Mac uh, Turret Saints been flying. We know that. If Willie Go West was able to bully his way to the front somehow, he'd have to have a winning hope. And the the chances don't end there. Tango Tar at twenty six dollars seems insane to me. Crime Riders at a big price. Um it's gonna be it's it's gonna be a wide open race. That's a long pacing cup. Race eight, I am going with Kowalski and Elsis, even though we didn't get I didn't quite get everything I needed from uh, Tim O'Connor when it came to his little chat with David Lewis as that horse returns from a break and some significant issues from a GI perspective. But he's the best horse in the race, and I think he should still be winning. And race nine, the sale to the Mornington Peninsula Pace. Coco Mia, another horse resuming for Emma Stewart. Uh, Tyson Linky, this is the connection, which is, of course, the connection between Emma Stewart and... Emma and Tyson have that uh, connection with Encipher. Coco Mia should be winning that race. I would think it has trialed well in preparation for its return just over up and about, who looks a, a really interesting type for Warren Green. Um, huge winner at a big price, first up from a break at Warragul. We'll go for our final break in the first hour, return pretty soon. And we know what the second hour on Thursdays is like. Michael Gerram will join us off the top straight after 12, and then Jamie Cockshut, hopefully with guest, as we have the Tasmanian Harness Racing segment in the second half of the second half of today's edition of Trot's Life on SEN Track.
5: Welcome to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Join the conversation on 0499 736 736. Good afternoon now and welcome back to Trot's Life
3: this Thursday edition. And always on Thursday we catch up with our man across the Tasman, Michael
0: Guerin. How are you, mate? Mate, I'm well. Yeah, I'm I'm good, boys. We've got a cracking weekend, over here. we? at the a beauty. We've got um, really good horses racing tonight at, at uh, Alexandra Park. Horses, you know, like, copied at and, and hot and treacherous who are New Zealand cup bound. Then we have Krug and a couple of his mates racing at Addington to tomorrow night. But, of course, everybody's looking forward to uh, Monday, which is going to be massive. We have rock and roll doers in town and a lot of hype has come with them. And it's much deserved hype. Um, he's up against Self-Assured, South Coast Art, and a very informed BD Joe and a bunch of good horses on Monday, where they also have stacks of size stakes races and Muscle Mountains racing. I know people were probably thinking, why is that on Monday? It's actually New Zealand Labor Day, so it's a public holiday. So this is the biggest weekend of harness racing for New Zealand, with the also a little bonus of Magician Cruiser, who could be coming to the New Zealand Cup racing in the first at Manango on Saturday night. It's the biggest point of weekend to what we're going to see probably in six months, probably since, maybe not six months, close enough, May 27th when they ran the Auckland Cup. That's the last time we had a weekend as big as this in New Zealand Tarnas Race.
3: And uh, I know you've been hard at work with so many big races on, had a chat with Michael Stanley and so much Australian focus will be on that big race on Monday. He's... Uh, I think quite understandably tempering a touch of expectation because the horse hasn't had uh, a great deal of time to get out there and, and do any fast work. But there is good news among the bad news. He's, he's really happy with where rock and roll do zad. Michael Stanley, that is. He's settled in well, but whatever we get on Monday, he's got two weeks to get him ready for the major assignment in the New Zealand Cup, Michael.
0: Well, if he wins on Monday, the Cup's over. It doesn't matter what happens. If he wins on Monday, he'll just peel his blouse on the Cup. I think he deserves to be favourite for the Cup unless he shows um, reluctance to step safely from the tapes, which I wouldn't suggest having looked at him in the parade ring at Melton. He's a very calm horse. He he seems a horse. He's very happy in himself. Um, so I think he'll step i I'm not saying I'll oh, back him on Monday because Ashburton's a brutal, brutal front-running track. It's incredibly hard to make ground at Ashburton. It's probably alongside Monangle the fastest track in Australasia and they sort of run a bit downhill on the home straight. So he might just come out and go absolutely wonderful and run third or fourth, which I've got no issue with. But he's still the horse to beat in the cup, unless we see a reason on Monday where he's not lucky. He loses his marbles out of the standing start or or he just massively underperforms. I don't think that'll happen. So that's the highlight of Monday. It'll be, it'll be massive. Then you've got Muscle Mountain, who, if he turns up to Melbourne in February in the right form will win the Great Southern Star. He'll just jog around with the Great Southern Star, unfortunately, because he's just that much better than, than these other horses over a mile. He's a dollar forty. Should be a dollar ten in the mile there. And then you got a whole bunch of really good horses. Horses like Beckham, who's actually Australian bred, um, in the two year old race. Millwood Nike's unbeaten in the two year old Phillies race. Um True Fantasy's back after a heart fibrillation last start. He's just racing all day, Jason Weir every time you turn the page you go, Oh, I need to see this and I need to see this and there's about two and a half hours of it. So, um, for people who either A have the ability to log on at work or B can Skype the afternoon off. If you're a true harness racing fan, it's a, it's a jolly old day.
3: <laughs> I like that, just Skype after day off. That would be uh, that would be the ideal thing to do if you can and many people just sit at your little cubicle and uh, and throw it up. On one of your devices, and, and just trying to make sure that you just watch out for anyone walking behind you, particularly any bosses. If they're walking behind you, make sure you've got your page ready that you're supposed to be on, and if not, make sure to be watching that uh, that incredible action uh, you're taking on. Um, copy that. I read in one of your articles, and, and, and I also want you to talk. Yeah, sorry, I want you to talk to, talk about the um, the the dramas with Alexandra Park in Auckland as well.
0: Yeah. So first of all, copy that relation to like fifty. Is behind over twenty two hundred, so he'll need a miracle to win. I have actually backed three against him in the race. I backed three horses at an average of about ten bucks to give me a three thirty three horse bracket. Um, all the horses off the twenty meter mark. Um, uh, Raven Banner, typo, and uh, I'm not a Paris or something like that. It's one of the early horses. I can't forget his name right now, but I backed all three because I reckon one of them will do the job. So that's cool. And. Um, Alexander Park's had a, a really bizarre five years. Like, it's, it's probably close to the Premier Harness racing track in Australasia at its best, at its best, because the facilities are so good. The facilities are miles above everything else. You can actually walk from the end of the stables of Alexander Park to top of the park, which is their VIP area, without ever getting out from undercover. You can walk the entire way without once having any potential to be rained on, which will probably be the only racetrack in the world you could do that. It's an incredible place like that, but they decided five years ago to build a whole bunch of apartments, which was a really good idea until the primary contractor they got stuffed it up and imported the wrong steel from China, and it didn't work. So they had the apartments half up and they had to take them down again, which, as you can imagine, is no small feat. Long story short, they tried to sue the company, they won the ruling, the company was put into receivership. They got a, a deal for $85 million, but they're never going to get it back. And Alexandra Park ended up $120 million in debt, Jeez. which is bad, which is really bad. Um, they've sold a little bit of property. They have a petrol station and a Burger King in one corner. they sold that for a bit. They've sold a piece of land at Alexandra Park for $51.6 million. Still leaves them in the hole, or at least for about 50 or 60 They have a training track south of Auckland at Mookakuri. Which doesn't have a lot of orders trained there. Probably only has ten professional trainers, and some of them are only very small-time trainers. But they've been offered a hundred million by an Asian investor if they can get it rezoned, which they will get. So the members next week have to vote on that. Now, what all this means would be after a complete and utter stuff-up, uh, which is a good warning to any club who wants to become a property developer: go into a joint venture or sell your land. Don't become a property developer because that's not what racing clubs do. So, they're going to probably sell the Pukakali training track. They'll need to build another build another training track, but they can build a purpose built one. They can basically go buy someone's stables, a retiring trainer, upgrade the track and buy the property next door and build some stables. That's what they're going to do. And that might leave them a 30 or 40 million in the bank. Up much takeoff. Twenty million for that. They're worth twenty million in the bank. But what they've done is they've lost every land asset they have apart from Alexandra Park. So they've trimmed a couple of the edges off Alexandra Park, but they haven't lost it. So they got to the stage where the bank could have foreclosed on them. They got that bad. And had they closed Auckland Harness Racing, it would have been a complete disaster for the in- industry, wide because you can't afford to lose those big metro tracks. If they vote this in next week, which surely they have to. Um, then, yes, they've lost all their land. Had they done it better and sold it and developed it that way and not got into debt, they would have $150 million in the bank lot like money. But they didn't do that. There's no point arguing about that. There's no point worrying about it. They had to get out of the hole now as interest rates start to rise. They will have money coming in enough to raise stakes and probably get close to having the best stakes in Australasia again. But there's a massive what-if moment here, Jason. You think to yourself, if they hadn't stuffed this up, and there's a couple of there's a couple of people involved in who are more guilty than others. They they might have had 130 million in the bank for selling the same land. They might have even had 200 million in the bank, uh, and they would have been racing for 35,000 every race. So I'm not saying I would have done any better. I know nothing about property development. One thing I do know is that most property developers go broke. And in this case, mm. I'm just happy Alexandra Park, which is about five k from my front door, from where I'm talking right now. Still exists because I don't think we'll ever know just how close you've heard the bank saying, Right, you're screwed because Alexander Park would be worth $600, dollars And the bank could have easily foreclosed, and then there would have been every property developer in the world trying to get in there. So it came pretty close. It'll be saved. But um, yeah, this is a story which could have been a lot worse, but should have been out a lot better.
3: That is it's quite unbelievably um, well articulated from you, Michael, but just a staggering story. I, I, and I don't, look, I don't, I don't want to dig too much deeper, and, and, and there's good news I want to get to in a moment, but in your opinion, at least, was this a case of, which we see a lot, I think, in life and in organisations, of trying to save a few bucks, and it's ended up costing a lot of bucks.
0: Well, it's a case of what happens. a lot of life is they employed the wrong people.
6: Yeah,
0: I mean, it's all great to have these ideas. Look, the, the person who was in charge, from Alexander Park's point of view, that the guy who instigated the idea was a guy called Kerry Hoggard, who understands property would have been great. Very sadly, he died. Um, and that was a big loss to the governance of this project. Then they employed a person um, as chief executive of Alexander Park who had no property experience, and, and that person completely stuffed up the oversight. But then they also got into bed with a development company uh, as a contractor who didn't do the job they wanted. Now, in a joint venture, say, for example, you're building apartments and you get into bed with Quest or Hilton or someone like that. They develop it at no cost to you. You give them the land and you go halves in the profits. That's more or less how a joint venture works to a, That's to paraphrase it. That's what they should have done. But, of course, that might have got them 100 million, but what they wanted was 250 million, and we've all got bigger eyes in the stomach, so we totally understand how that works. But they didn't have the experience necessary to do it. Now, most people who speak to the show will be on a farm or a house. We understand that, so we own property. But do you want to go building properties? Well, most people who own a property and decide to go building properties stuff it up, particularly the first time. This is the first time they've ever tried to develop a property, and it was a complete stuff up. And it's really sad. It makes me sad. Mm. But there's no point worrying about it. There's more important things in life to me to worry about than that. So I'm not going to worry about it, but I know this could have been a vastly different situation. If Alexander Park were racing for $40,000 in the race tonight, would it change my life? No. But would I like going there a lot more than I'm going to going tonight? Yes. But uh, they need to get this debt out of the way now because you can't have $50 million hanging over your head as we do at the moment when interest rates are on the rise. I believe the interest payments at the moment are $500,000 a month. So wow. that's have to pay $500,000 a month, which for the kids at home doing the math is $17,000 a day, which means they are paying around $800 interest an hour.
3: I can't. Every day. Yeah, I I
0: can't.
3: They need to get that bit out of the way. Yeah, just last word on that, uh, because I I do want to mention uh, something positive from this morning, but there just seems to be a lot of people in the world who, they're good at a few things and they convince themselves that they they are uh, good at everything because they're good at a few things, whereas um, specialists in certain areas will generally do a better job. Now, this morning at 9am Australian time, a great announcement was made. Um, I know you and I and many people in the media have been involved in uh, reporting on, you know, infinite an, an infinite number of sponsorship deals, and they usually don't mean a hell of a lot to us. But SEN Track coming on to sponsor the Inter-Dominion Series, I think is genuinely exciting. To have a broadcast team like the one we've got here and the, what, what you've got there in New Zealand – that can actually you can actually leverage something off, if you know what I mean. We can do something special having SEN track on board. So generally, these announcements don't excite me, Michael, but this one does.
0: Well, I had a lot of experiences last year when SCN SEN and SENZ a slot the the race by grins, the slot race in New Zealand. Um, I had discussions with Hutchie to help them secure self-assured to actually one race. So it was actually a money-making deal for them. What they did for the race was enormous, enormous. They were by far the biggest instigators of information and branding for that race, without a a doubt, not even close. So when you have someone like them come on board for the Inter-Dominion and they can create that hype and they can create online content because the most harness racing content isn't going to mass distribution. It's not going into, you know, terrestrial television channels and it's not going into most of the papers. Once you create online content and good online content and do it well and use informed people rather than just bobbleheads, because the problem with most racing content is a lot of the people involved don't know what they're talking about. They've just got a computer and they think they do, but they don't. But so once you employ people who know what they're talking about, who get to the track and actually talk to people and have cups of tea with them, then you can do something with that content because you can put it online, which SCNZ and SCN do a lot of, and then point people toward it. That's fine. But if you don't have good content and, and there's so much racing content now and so much of it's crap that people reading it was well, garbage. So yeah, I, I think it's really important you have a massively good content provider with a proper platform. And I saw SCN or SCNZ, I'm not sure exactly who the main sponsor was of the self-assured slot last year. I saw them do a bloody good job. So I'm confidence they'll do a good job here What it means heading forward for Australasian harness racing, I don't know, because if they are taking this bigger footprint in harness racing, I would imagine Hutchie's not going to stop here. I would imagine he's going to keep going, and that can only be good for harness racing, because I I do think that and Trot's vision aligned with each other, as we saw Victoria Kupnoff, if you guys working out of the studio there, is a very strong alignment of a good media management and be intelligent presenters who know what they're talking about.
3: Well, uh, I couldn't agree more. I'll, uh, I'll recuse myself from that, but it, it was, um, the, the coverage was amazing. And what they did even here for the slot race for the Greyhounds, the Phoenix, the promotion is just incredible. So to have them on board, I mean, I was already excited about the Inter-Dominion series, but I am infinitely more excited. And you know, which is something Harness Racing has lacked, over the years there are going to be innovative ideas and that's exactly what we need because as you've mentioned in the past, Michael, in your opinion, and it, it, to be honest, it breaks my heart because it wasn't always this way, you don't believe that uh, that the Inter-Dominion Series is any longer the biggest brand and we do have challenges. It must be a much richer, richer final or much richer finals than they currently are, but with this with this injection of money, with this injection of support, I wouldn't be surprised if we can get the Inter-Dominion back to where it should be right at the top of the tree. Very much appreciate your time, mate. Enjoy a big weekend and and good luck on the
0: punt. Yeah, I've had a couple of goes. I've had a couple of goes this weekend, actually. So uh, I'm going to win money this weekend. I'm very confident about that. That's no issue, just a question of how much. Um, I, won't be, uh, yeah, I won't be surprised if we see Rock and Roll do... Do something good on Monday, but don't worry, punters. He'll be a far better horse November the 8th at Eddington.
3: There's Michael Guerin, and he will be winning on the punt, and hopefully we'll all be winning on the punt. When we come back, we're going to go for a short break now. Come back with Jamie Coxhut just for five minutes to get his tips in Tasmania, and then we'll be joined by a guest of his, Brody Davis. This will be the first time we've done a conference call with a kid who's still at school. I'll talk more about it when we come back.
5: You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. No, not this week. No, Toby
3: McKinnon, but Jason Bonington is here. My voice has got better for a second. Nah, little, it'll fade again. Don't worry about that. Uh, but importantly, a man who can share the load with me for a few minutes. Well, more than that, as a matter of fact, is Jamie Cockshot. How are you, Jamie?
6: Not too bad, Jase. How about yourself,
3: buddy? I'm good, thanks, mate. Now, we'll get to the tips for Hobart before the news and then come back with Lonnie. But at about 12.40, we're going to we're going to do something unique. We're going to have a chat with a, a young man who will be on his lunch break at school.
6: <laughs> yeah, well, that's what I thought, mate. It'd be good to get him on because I reckon it'll be just about a first. Um, young Brodie Davis, mate, he's been in the game for a long time with his father, Steve. We've been helping out around the traps and... He got his licence about a month ago. I don't think he's given a win yet. He's given a couple of seconds. But, yeah, we'll have a bit of a chat and learn about his journey in the game, mate, and, and why he's committed at such a young age.
3: I'll tell you what, he'll be telling all of his mates what's happening. That's going to be the problem. He's going to, he's going to find it very <laughs> hard to, uh, to concentrate on your questions, Jamie. But we have got five minutes before the news. Let's start with your, your best and your value and your uh, roughie at Hobart, please, mate.
6: Yeah, we, well, it's a pretty tough car, about it, to be honest, Jase. Um, you know, there's an old favourite I've got in racing called IC Double, and he's, um just looks to find the right sort of race. He's drawn 4 you, he'll push forward. He'll either find the lead or he'll sit outside him in the sprint trip suit, so I reckon he can get the job done. Then we go over to race eight, number 10. Please shut up. You know, a few people have probably said that to me and you, Jase, over the years.
3: <laughs> you, you, you usually when I've been seeing Double... <laughs> yeah, but
6: um comes down from an, an comes down from an angle, um, finds a very winnable race. If he can't win this race on Friday night, well he's not gonna win many down here and he looks a pretty good thing in the last. A couple of value race five number three, Zabolski Leaves was a pretty good run first up last week. Um gets a lot better draw. Will put herself into the race and you know, she'll keep plugging away and she might be able to get the job done around the five dollar mark. And the one of the odds is race seven, number two, Henry Hugh. Drawn there too, he's got gate speed, but he races best when um, we were sitting. I reckon that's how they'll drive him this week, but he should be close enough in the run to be able to use that speed at the business end, and he could get the job done around the $10 mark in race seven.
3: All right, so just to repeat those, Hobart, best, race four, number four, IC double, race eight, number 10, please, please shut up. Value, race five, number three, Zubovsky, Lee's. And at odds, race seven, number two, Henry Hugh or Henry Hugh. Now, uh, we'll get to Lonnie after the news, but um, you sent me a, a little picture there on the DM on Twitter of a magnificent-looking burger. Is that one of your creations, Jamie, or not?
6: Yeah, mate, it's it's um, a monster burger. It's around about, what is it? Weighs a bit over a kilo, to be honest, Jake. Um But yeah, I'm I'm over at now. I'm having a contest on the weekend. About there's six mates gonna go hell for leather to see if they can finish it in four minutes, and um, there's a fair bit of money on the line for them. So you know they put up a bit of money, and they're gonna see who's got the bragging rights at the end of the end of of the um, four minutes. They've got to eat it within four minutes. Yeah. And yeah, it's it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty unique to be honest, mate. And just see what they can do.
3: What is? uh, Can I ask what's in it?
6: Well there's four hundred grams of beef patty cheese uh five rashes of bacon, four slices of American style the melted cheese, um three eggs, uh, eighty grams of salad, you know lettuce and all that chopped up and and everything um about around about one tomato, like six pieces of tomato sliced up to cover the you know to cover the circumference, then the bun actually weighs two hundred and twenty grams made it's um 20, 22 centimeters in diameter.
4: What
3: what's what? What is the current price that nobody's going to get the job done in four minutes? Because I wouldn't mind backing. I wouldn't mind backing your favourite out market here. I reckon no one's going to eat that in four minutes.
6: Well, uh, the cost is like well, they sell for four hundred eighty thousand Vietnam. No, well, yeah, <laughs> um, which works out around about twenty five dollars Australian. So I'm happy to. It cost me around about twelve dollars fifty to make in Australian terms. So for each of the six competitors, there's going to be around about $100 up for grabs for the winner who can um, polish it off first. But if they don't polish it off in the four minutes, mate, I'll keep the money in your pocket.
3: Well, I'm giving you're going to keep the money in your pocket. If somebody – I want an update on this next week, by the way. We're going for the news right now to find out what's happening in the world. When we come back, we will get the Lonnie Tips from Jamie Cockshot, hamburger chef and pie champion – Uh, in just a moment, and then around 12.40 when he gets out for his lunch break, we're going to be chatting with Brody Davis, who's uh, a young man who's got a great heritage in the game down there in Tasmania. Stick with us on this Thursday edition of Trot's Life on SEN
5: Track, the new sponsor of the Inter-Dominion Series here in Victoria. You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Hello and
3: welcome back to Trot's Life. Every single Thursday, um, Taz Racing have a segment with us here on Trot's Life where Jamie Cockshut joins us and gives us his best and also generally an interview, and that will be with a young man who will be having his lunch break in about eight minutes called Brody Davis. But for now, we need to find out what the tips are from you, Jamie, for Launceston, and there's one extra best bet here. Uh, it's
6: a pretty good car, at Launceston, Jason. We've got the heaps of the size stakes here. He's coming up. Um, there's a heat this week and there's a heat the following week in the finals in a, in a few weeks mate and, um, Longfellow comes back to Tasmania where he took out the three year old size last season in the Easter Cup, so he's going to go around prohibitive odds in the race six, um, the first heat of the four year old size of the Raiders Stakes he'll be $1.10 and you know, he should be able to get the job done but um, you can't tip $10 tops. $1.10 pops as your best bet, but we'll start in race one mate, number seven diamonds and cash been very consistent since coming across from Victoria, and this is probably the the easiest open-class race he's found. He's drawn seven. Mark will push the button early. He'll push forward, and uh, if he don't find the leader, he'll find the depth seat, and they'll look to control it from there, and I reckon he's a good bet in the first. We should get two forty, two fifty, I think, and he's a backable at those odds. We go over to race two, number one, the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, he comes across from Victoria a couple of years out of the game but um, Christian Mark Butler done a great job with his horse first up he got the job done at 6 or $7 God bless him we won't be getting those sort of odds this week he's drawn the pole he looks the leader um, despite a slight rise in class he'll get the job done let's just hope they put up you know $2 flip the coin odds and he's a good gamble as well and over to race 8 number 1 Queen of Deans I've been waiting for her to draw a decent barrier because she races best in front um, she'll lead and I really think she'll win unless you know they should put up $354 early whether she starts those sort of odds I'm not 100% sure but you know she's a good gamble as well the value play comes up race 4 he's probably not value but he'll be over the odds that I've got him marked um, race 4 number 8 magician um, we've got last season's good 2 year old Mickey O resuming a magician who's in fine form, he's drawn inside the second line. So he'll go around $354 magician from that draw. And he just needs a little bit of luck, especially with Race Witness on his side. And he'll take it right up to Mickey Owen, what looks a very good race. And that's the first seat of the three year old size, the Globe Derby. The one at odds comes up, race 10, number eight, military man, drawn to follow the likely leader, um, or at three pegs. and... He was good last time, and you know, saving the ground on the peaks if the gaps open up, don't be surprised to see him get out of the top of the straight and hit the line, you know, pretty strongly. And he'll give a good side at double-figure odds. We've got a quality mate. Pretty skinny, to be honest. First leg three, four, seven, ten, eleven, and twelve. Second leg three, one out. Third leg two, one out. Last leg one, one out. Twenty-four dollars to give us four hundred percent of the dividend. And we'll go on another one. A bit of insurance in the last leg. Um, We'll add numbers two, three, six, and nine. You know, $36 outlay will give us 150% of the dividend.
3: Just quickly, uh, we've discussed this before, but when you're doing – so you've just got the one stagger there, basically, and it's down to the last leg, and we're looking for, for some value in the first leg, obviously, where we're playing wide. Is it largely – when you're working out exactly how much um, to outlay on a, on a main quaddie as opposed to a stagger, is it down to your your, um, your allotted prices – is it largely instinctive? How do you work it out, Jamie?
6: That's more like the like I think Queen of Dance will be the you know when the quality approximates come out, she'll be clearly the favourite on the dividends. You know, just say example, say two hundred dollars, and I think the others will probably be around the six or seven hundred dollars. So more well, or less, just cover me the approximate dividend that I'm hoping for that that'll actually win. You know, so that's why I stagger it out like one fifty percent or two hundred percent. Uh, for some and 400% for others. And it just depends, mate. But I'll try and get the same sort of return, no matter which horse wins the last leg, whether I've got to take one yeah. horse for a 500% or 200 and just just stagger it like that, mate. But, you know, I'll try to get the same sort of dividend. And that's how I've always done it, mate, and I've done well over the years doing it. So, so just getting one in, you know, for 50% when you've got the favourite paying $100, you're only going to get 50 bucks back. So you've got to have that, you know, for probably five or six times or whatever the, the punter out there can afford to make, you know, to capitalise on the dividend money.
3: There's absolutely no doubt it's the right way to play, quaddies, And uh, that's interesting for the punters at home. I, I talk about stacking quaddies a lot, but it, try and get your combinations so that you're going to get a decent collect out of everything. The whole idea isn't necessarily to hedge or stagger those quaddies so that you'll just... You somehow, you know, clear your expenses. You're trying to work it out so that you're going to get a decent collect no matter which combination gets the job done. We'll go for a break again. Come back. Brody Davis will be on the line with Jamie Cockshut when we return.
5: You're listening to Thursday Trots Life with Jason Bonnington and Toby McKinnon.
3: Now it's Jason Bonnington and Jamie Coxhut. Running uh, Trot's live today, and my whole and Greg Sugars and Tim O'Connor and others. Uh, it's a cast of thousands, and Brody Davis. Now, um, hello, young man. You're on. You're on Trot's live here nationwide, and you're on your lunch break. Are you? Ah
8: uh, yes, Jason. Oh, I am on the lunch break.
3: Have you told Have you told all your mates? You've been crowded around while you're doing this interview, or have you you've been able to shake the tag?
8: Nah, I got away. from Nah, I got away from him for the five minutes.
3: All right, Brady, I'm going to hand you over to Jamie for the next uh, <laughs> seven or eight minutes. Jamie, um, I would say be kind with him, but he sounds pretty confident to me.
7: No, he's a pretty cool
6: pretty young fella, mate. He's been around the trust for a fair few years, and yes, yeah, it's just great to see him finally get his chance to to drive against his, you know, his, his idols, I suppose. He's grown up watching the Rattrays and the Hilliards and the Duggans and the Fords and all that drive, and I suppose it's just good to him to finally get out there and compete against them and burn as much as he can, mate. Yes, yeah, how you been, Brian? You all
8: right,
6: mate?
8: Yes, sir. So, so where do you yeah.
6: go talk about collar for the listeners
8: out there? Uh, some Bremen Shore College in Devonport.
6: Oh, yeah, no, that's that's all right, mate. How's the weather up the North West Coast?
8: Yeah, very nice, warm, sunny, not many clouds around, so good weather. Uh,
6: that's good. Man. So we'll, we'll we'll touch on your intro, introduction to the industry. You obviously, followed into Dad's footsteps. Dad's a, a dual co-trainer. He trained a few gallopers. I, I don't know if he still does now, does he, Brody? But he's had a bit of yeah, success over a, years with the gallopers.
8: Yeah, got a few young gallopers in work now. Just babies coming along, so they should be coming around all right in the next couple of years. So,
6: are you interested in the gallopers as well as the harness horses?
8: Yeah, I really like both codes. Um, They're very different, the horses. They're a bit more hot-headed and that, but they're really nice to get along with, too. Yeah, so we'll touch on them, mate. You've been driving, geez, I reckon,
6: the pony trots for the last... Oh, how many years have you been coming through the pony trots for? Oh, yeah, about 10 years, roughly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I thought of that. I've seen your name in the pony club for years, mate. Well, get into yeah. the horses, mate. Like Dad's had, Dad's had a few nice horses, as as you know, and um, which one is the stable, one of the stable favourites? You know, there's two that comes to mind in my eyes, but I'll get your version and see what you think.
8: Yeah, well, the best horses we've probably had have been Modern Ruler and Black Centurion over the past years.
6: Yeah, no, they're the
8: two that come to mind, mate. Yeah, they were just great horses to have at the time and Black Centurion really suited the stand start races that we have in Tassie and Modern Ruler went on to do great things in Sydney.
6: Yeah, no, Black Centurion, he's been an old marvel, mate. He's done a great job on the country cup circuit, but he's, I reckon, for five or six years. He's, he's ran places in Devonport Cup. he's won the Scottsdale Cups. I think he's won a St Mary's Cup, has he too, Brody?
8: Yeah, he won two St Mary's Cups, uh, yeah. yeah, Scottsdale and No,
6: he's been a good old horse. We'll, we'll we'll get into the driving. You had a oh, you probably had about ten or twelve drives, over, you, mate? Yeah. You, you did run second yeah, one night, 10. Very close. You ran a couple of placings, and um and wind's not far away, so we'll touch on two, on Sunday night. You're driving Major Davin for Dad. Um he's racing a fair bit out of his class, but one thing about him he'll keep plugging away.
8: Yeah, he's also can just keep running at one pace, so he'll always be in the race. Um, he's a bit out of his class there, and with a tough draw, we'll just have to see how he comes out of the gate and see what happens from there, but should should be running good. Yeah,
6: then we'll move over. We'll move over to um, one of your later drives. In race eight, you've got Stevie Jolt. Um, He's a consistent type and he's gonna win one of these races pretty soon. He just needs the, the brakes to come his way during the run and with a bit of luck from barrier five and you know, he can be curled up and, and get the last sort of crack at him, he's not without some sneaky
8: chance at odds. Uh yeah, he's a tough horse. He should be have a decent chance as long as he can get an easy run and get out late.
6: And then we'll move over to, to a driver that's, that's pretty interesting for me. You're driving Kivik. He's a horse I've always had a lot of time for. Uh, trained by Rachel Williams, so it's good to get an outside driver for you, for yourself, mate. Um, he's got plenty of ability, and at his best, he would just about win this race. Um, but, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see how he fronts up. to do But if you got any inside information now, he's going back at
8: home. Yeah, well, since he's come back from Melbourne, he's—I've been told he's been going working pretty well. So with that tough draw, we'll just have to sit in and hope we can get a card into it, and he should be there in the finish. And then
6: we'll go back to race nine. The consistent bowl ensuring drawing the pole. If if you if you can just kick up and oh, even hold the top, you know he'll just keep plugging away. and He's not there to think he chance because it's a race that. Not overly strong, and one thing about him, he'll just keep kicking.
8: Yeah, if he can kick up and either lead or lob leaders back, he'll be there in the finish. He's got an okay sprint over the, up the straight, so he should, if he's a leader and can get out, he should nearly win this race. Yeah, no, he, he's not been
6: knocking on the door for a while, as we know, mate, but um, so just out there, obviously, Mummer has had a big influence on your career.
8: Yeah, they've had a huge influence in my career for the, Oh, forever really. Um, just growing up around horses. I'd always wanted to do it, and now you're, that I'm able to drive, it's just you're yeah, living a dream, really.
6: Yeah, that's great, mate. Just out of the local drivers, which one, are we, which is it, you know, a couple that you really look up to, or you've, you've tried to model yourself
8: on? Well, Gareth, Rick, Todd, they've probably been the best drivers for the past few years, and then the drivers that have left the state and done wonderful things, Jack Law and Alex Ashwood, they're probably the people you model yourself on from home. Yeah, you're exactly right,
6: mate. You're exactly right. So, out yeah, of the four drivers you got on Sunday night, mate, which one? Are, I know you're not old enough to gamble, so we got to be careful here. But uh, which one are you going to put the put a put a fifty cents each
8: way on out there for the listeners? Uh, bold Centurion should be able to get a close run and should be able to get out and get run past, so he'd probably be the one you would put the money on. Uh, well, there you go, the listeners. You'll
6: know, 10 or 12 to 1, Bold Centurion, and um, young Brody's pretty right his, on his assumption because he can sprint quickly when he's held up for you know, a late little dash at him, and let's just hope the gaps open up the top of the throat, Brody, and you poke your head through, mate, and you get your first winner because I'm sure... Um, It'll be a feeling you'll never forget, mate. So it's been an absolute pleasure getting you on, mate, and during your lunch break and all that. So we better let you go and get a bit of tucker into you. And um, uh, all the best over the weekend, mate, and and coming months and coming years, buddy.
8: Yeah, thanks very much, Jamie.
6: Thanks, mate.
7: Well
3: done to young Brodie Davis. He's got to go and get his lunch now. There's a beautiful thing there, Jamie. Everyone will have been to the tuck shop, to the canteen, to the cafeteria. He might get a clear run in it now. Yeah,
6: well, he might do, mate. He might be right, mate. Hopefully, there's some good pies up the northwest coast, Jason. I don't know what the pies are like up the northwest coast, but let's hope he can find a decent
3: one, mate. That's for sure. They bred him pretty mature um, well, down there, wasn't it? Like he spoke well. Man, a few words, but I tell you what, he spoke very well. As you always do, Jamie. It's been great catching up with you again, and we'll talk next, uh, next Thursday. But in between now and then, good luck on the punt, and good luck, ensuring those blokes don't eat that hamburger in under four minutes. you
6: uh, that should be wrong, mate. It'd be, it'd be good, good, a good watch, put it that
3: way. I tell you what, I wish I was there. I wouldn't mind having to crack it at myself. There's Jamie Cox, it's been another great edition <laughs> of Trot's Life. Hopefully you've enjoyed Trackside coming up and I'll be back for the Thursday night grand final. lids fly at 6pm. Au revoir.
5: You're listening to Thursday Trot's Life with Jason Bonington and Toby McKinnon. Today's odds update for Palmerbet. Get bolt-in benefits this racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at ParmaBet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.
2: Yeah, let's get into it. And what a and what is no better way to be honest to start with our man Lee Dalton from Palmerbet. Get bold in benefits. This racing carnival, great odds, more markets, great value at Palmerbet. Always gamble responsibly. Hello, buddy.
7: Good afternoon, Cam. How are you going,
2: mate? I'm psyched. It is a big day of racing right around the nation. Let's start with it. Hawkesbury in the first. Let's start early because the Palmerbet punters are keen.
7: The early bird gets the worm, and there has been a big going race. One, it's the headstock. Uh, $9.50 into $5 now. Very consistent type. Had the three placings and five outings. Strikes what looks a pretty skinny maiden as well. This will be the firmer surface that uh, he's seen, and that could be the reason maybe this is a bit of a push from Connections that'll jump out of the ground on a good track today.
2: Can't wait for it as well as we get to the second. I like the Palmer Vet punters are up and about. They might have got out of bed a little earlier today because they're focusing early at Hawkesbury.
7: Definitely on the go early. And uh, race two, we have a pretty Unique situation here, where uh, the second favourite's replaced the favourite quite clearly. The second favourite was Kawadi 370, paying into two dollars fifty, and it's taken over from Baranoff, who's drifted from two twenty five to three. Kahawadi led first up in a strong maiden at Canterbury, gets on pace, and that's always a big plus.
2: Beautifully done. Let's go a little bit later in the day because there is one from the price stable again that the money has come for.
7: They do a terrific job, Robert and Luke Price, down at uh, Kembla Grange. Nice guys too. And the money's landed for Saturnus, $8 into 4.60. Like we said about race one, very consistent type. This one's only had the one win from 17 starts, though, and that could be behind why the price went up so big. But it's mapped to get the perfect run, and there's definitely plenty of money around for it.
2: Beautifully done. Let's get to Ballarat today. and Running on a good track, which is going to be fun. A little bit rare in Ballarat, but still fun to get involved. And Godolphin are set for a big weekend, and they can fire it up today in the 5th of Ballarat.
7: Absolutely. I don't think this could be considered an entree to Adamo, (laughs) but uh, maybe it's a little light drink before they rip into the Cox Plate. Uh, Planned is the one. $7 into five. Off the back of some pro punter money too, so that's worth noting. Obviously a real staying type, Made her to boo over the mile. Stays at that trip today. Takes on the older horses, but... Reading between the lines, uh, this could be a bit of a uh, Oaks filly in the making here if runs well today. Could progress to the Wakeful and then into the Oaks, which is always a race where these lightly race types can do something.
2: Hey, we all love Lindsay Smith here at SCN Track. And there's one later in the day that the Palmer Bed punters are into.
7: Uh, these the punters' pal, Uncle Lindsay. They love getting around him. And Bellini Miss has been $8 into five fifty. Been getting back over the 1200 so far this prep. Today, 1400 drawn well. Money landed a pretty good recipe with Lindsay, isn't it?
2: It most certainly is. Now, I'm going to throw you under a little bit of a bus here, but uh, the Cox Plate, mate, do you have it in front of you anywhere? Could you have a quick little look? Has there been any palm about money or changes in the market in the last sort of 12 or so hours?
7: Uh, I'm going to pull the market up for you right now. Uh, I
2: just gotta While you do that, don't forget, Saturday. get bold in benefits. This racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at Palmer Bet. Always gamble responsibly. If you're having some issues, one eight hundred eight five eight eight five eight. 858 858 Make sure you do call Gambler's Help, mate. Uh, Cox Plate.
7: Yes, Cox Plate. So the big market mover early has been Zaki. And I'm not really uh, warming to that theory. We uh, we bet $5 into $4 now. I just thought from barrier One's going to have to do a little bit of work. There's a real pushback against Animo here. Uh, after being as short as evens early in the week. We put up 2 25 out to $2.40 now. Uh, the other one I have to tell you about is the bottom one, Al Bogdan. There's mm. a lot of blokes tipping this big, $10 into seven I'm saying if the wraps are as big as what I'm hearing, it should be starting second favourite here, not Saki.
2: Yeah, I think Ollie's going to push forward as well And what's going to be a fairly truly run Cox Plate come Saturday. Lee, as always, mate, love your work. We'll talk again tomorrow.
7: Thank you very much, Cam. Chat tomorrow.
2: Lee Dalton from ParmaVet. Get bold in benefits this racing carnival with great odds, more markets and great value at ParmaVet. Always gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858.
5: SCN app.